figure out what that lifestyle that you're imagining costs and figure out what type of business model would allow you to live that lifestyle and then work backwards from there to building your business. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Brian Elwood. How you doing, Brian? I'm great, Joe. How are you? I'm great. Nice to have you on the show and looking forward to digging in. Brian does 75 plus rehabs a year and owns 25 rental properties in Middle Tennessee, but lives in Denver, Colorado. He is a business coach, real estate investor, and an entrepreneur. You can say hi to him at his website, which is in the show notes link. Brian, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? I lived in a bunch of different states growing up, but Tennessee from sixth grade on, went to the University of Tennessee, graduated and moved back to Nashville. And that's where I started my real estate business. And that was four plus years ago or so from now. And two years into it or so, we started to build the business to where we could run it from our houses. We're not having to leave our house, but investing in the same city. And then we decided to test that theory and moving across the country. And so now I live in Denver and we have a team of about 10 people that live in Nashville. Not everybody does. Like a marketing guy would not need to be local, but your sales guy would. So certain people are boots on the ground. Other people are not. And I really have a passion for creating passive income and for mainly for teaching other people, helping other people get into this business and create the lifestyle that they want to live. Mm. 
I want to talk about your responsibilities now as someone who does 75 rehabs a year and owns 25 properties and employs 10 people. How do you spend your day? I have a 50-50 business partner. So the work's divided up between the two of us. I am over marketing and finances and operations, and he is over sales and renovations. So we kind of divided it down the middle. It's kind of like we have two CEOs on our org chart. So my day is basically spent working with our marketing director, working with our CFO and our COO. And I know those sound like big fancy titles, the marketing guy and the COO are the same person, okay? Our COO, <laughs> he spends one day of the week working on operations and four days on marketing because marketing is more important to a business of our size. So I'm on the phone with them for several hours a week, and I'm focusing on our vision for the year and holding them accountable to getting certain results done by certain times. I should also throw in there that 75 rehab sounds really intense, but we don't do expensive rehabs. We have, and we have a couple going on right now. But over time, we've decided that $10,000 or less is the sweet spot for us. We focus on being a marketing and sales organization at our core. And so the back-end monetization has to be kind of simple because you can't really be great at every part of it, at least not in the beginning. So that decreases the simplicity a lot. A lot of times we'll just do five, $7,000, just kind of get properties in rent-ready condition, put it back on the market, either a landlord or buy it or someone who wants to move in and finish the renovation will buy it. So you staying away from the big-time distressed properties and you're looking for something that just needs some lipstick? Well, we, it's not that we wouldn't buy a big-time distressed property, as long as there's equity in it and we buy it, as long as we can get it for a discount. It's just that we're only going to put the first ten grand or so that it oh. needs into it oh, and then okay. put it back on the market. If it was really distressed and needed to be torn down, we wouldn't do anything to it, right? We would just buy it and list it as is. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to put any money into a property. But in our experience, running a business virtually, it's tough when you're putting $110,000 into a rehab and they're opening walls and finding all kinds of different stuff. We have a great team there, the project manager and another guy who oversees all the projects. But we're just trying to create a more focused business model. You know, I always hear the mantra that focus makes you rich. And so we're not trying to be great at everything. What usually comprises of the five to $10,000 rehab budget? It's probably like paint, carpet, demo, just cleaning it, just taking out all the trash, doing some landscaping. Could be like windows or something if the windows are broken out. If the property is going to be listed and it's going to be sold to a homeowner, someone that's going to live there, then you're going to just do the first $10,000 worth of work that's going to make it livable for someone to buy. But if an investor is going to buy it and do like a rehab on it, then we may just clean it up and list it and not do much to it. That's an interesting model. I haven't come across this model where you're doing the initial part of it or you're just doing the five to $10,000 worth and then flipping it to either the M buyer or another investor. 
Did you start out that way? You know, we started out wholesaling and we kind of over time have just come to think that closing on everything is the best strategy. Just closing on it, listing it on the MLS, selling it with a realtor. And so we still focus our efforts on marketing and sales, but instead of signing a contract to an investor, we decided to put the resources in place to allow ourselves to close on every property and sell it the traditional way, because then not only can you sell houses to investors, but you can also sell them retail, which means you can expand your business to a lot of other zip codes where maybe investors aren't looking because you're selling everything to retail buyers. You mentioned that a lot of your conversations, or maybe not a lot, but you mentioned a priority of yours is holding the team members accountable to get the results done. What results do you outline for them to accomplish? Just as an example, our marketing director, his key indicator of whether or not he's doing a good job is how many leads he generates each week. Of course, there's a lot of other variables that go into that, like cost per lead, but that's the main thing that we look at. And he has goals for each quarter to get to a certain point. Our CFO is actually responsible for maintaining a certain profit margin, net profit margin in our business, and forecasting the revenue that we're going to make against the expenses and saying, hey, the next quarter does or does not look good, so we need to make this or that budget cut of this amount to maintain our healthy margin where we want to be. Sales guys, it would be appointments attended and contracts signed. And then another position we call our CRO, which would be chief revenue officer. He's responsible for pipeline revenue added. And we have one other that we call our brand commitment score. And that is something that our COO, he calls every customer after the property has closed and surveys them on how good of a job we did, kind of creating a certain experience for the customer. And it's on a scale of one to 10. And that gets reported. And there's a lot of other KPIs, but those are kind of the main ones that we focus on. Do you have a software program where you log in every week and just check the software program? Or do you have a spreadsheet that you've created and each of them fill out what they accomplished? How does it work? Each team member has their own dashboard where they have all their KPIs clearly displayed that we look at on our call each week. We also have kind of like a, an assistant position. And one of the things she does is takes the KPIs that I mentioned, the core ones that we feel drive our business, and puts those in a little report that she posts to our KPI Slack channel each week just so it's front and center for everyone on the team to see how everyone else is doing in terms of hitting their numbers. But, yeah, every person is responsible for tracking their own KPIs on a simple Google spreadsheet. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? You know, I've struggled a little bit to come up with a great answer for this, but what I want to say is that it's to start with lifestyle as your number one goal when you're going into business. So what that would look like would be write out your perfect day in detail, like where you are, who you're with, what you're doing, how much time you're working, et cetera, how many hours do you work, and figure out what that lifestyle that you're imagining costs and figure out what type of business model would allow you 
to live that lifestyle and then work backwards from there to building your business. I'm sure you've read the four hour work week, right? Yep. Yeah. It's probably the most mentioned book on your show. If I had to guess rich dad, poor dad. Um, Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I thought about that one too. (laughs) Well, in that book, in the four hour work week, he talks about the difference between being a CEO that makes 500 grand a year, working 80 hours a week and he's gone all the time or a dude who makes 50 grand a year working 10 hours a week from a coffee shop doing something that he loves Two extreme ends of the spectrum. And there's no wrong answer as to where you should arrive on that spectrum, but it's just a really important question to ask because there's way too many stressed out, unhappy billionaires out there in the world. And so what intrigues a lot of people about our business is like, how do you do this virtually? And you seem like you sit at home and you must be laying on the couch watching soap operas or something. Well, I'm not, but I don't do a lot of stuff that I don't enjoy. And I had to be intentional about creating this day-to-day experience instead of just saying, I want to make a million dollars and not thinking about what it's going to take to make the million dollars. A lot of people will sacrifice lifestyle for money, but they want the money because they think that will give them a certain lifestyle, but it doesn't work that way unless you're intentional about it. That's so true. What a great point. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. Adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Are you ready to grow and protect your wealth in any market? Join Cashflow Tactics to learn the exact strategies real estate investors can use to maximize returns using whole life insurance as a new banking resource. Visit CashflowTactics.com. That's C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-T-A-C-T-I-S.com. Best ever book you've read? Four-hour work week. What's the best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? One of my biggest personality flaws is that I have shiny object syndrome really bad. The visionary type and we see new ideas coming across my plate all over the place. So every time you scroll Facebook, there's a new piece of software that's supposed to connect your business or something, right? And uh, for the first four years we were in business, we changed our direction a lot. Well, let's focus on this. Oh, you know what? Let's change. Let's invest in this other market. Oh, that didn't work out. Let's try to do new construction. Oh, that didn't work out. And I learned over time that you never get anywhere if you keep changing direction. So now what we do is we develop a vision for the next year and we stick to it. One year is about all I can commit to because I still have issues. But once that yearly vision's in place, we don't sway from it. We can make tweaks to it, but that's what we do the whole year. Even if great ideas come up and try to make us change course and we get a lot more results from being focused. So that was the hardest and best growth experience I think I've had to go through. Yeah, that's probably some advice I should take myself. Thanks for sharing that. What is the best ever deal you've done? The best deal, we bought a house for 35000 and it was in an area where new construction and things were maybe 10 to 15 streets away at that point. The area is still pretty rough. 
but the growth was spreading towards it. And we held it as a rental for about three years and then sold it not too long ago for $225. So bought it for $35, sold for $225. The house was on two lots and each lot was good for two houses, so four houses total. And it sold for land value. So buying on the fringes of areas that are gentrifying, mm-hmm. I think is the easiest money you can make. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I'd say two things. One is that we have inside of our company culture, we have, like I mentioned, the idea of living your perfect day in the beginning of this interview. And we have what we call our perfect day crew where we meet quarterly and everyone goes over what their perfect day is and what's holding them back. And we all give them feedback and advice. And then in between those quarterly meetings, we are assigned an accountability partner and their their partner accountable to doing the things that they set out to do to move them more towards living their ideal life. And so I help not only our team members do that, but friends and family as well. And another thing I'll say is that I really like to donate to Kiva. Have you ever heard of Kiva before? Uh-uh. It's a nonprofit. Some tech guy in San Francisco started it, and it's micro loans for people in third world countries that need money for things like water filters and building toilets and stuff. And they actually pay you back. Like I have a 90-something percent repayment rate. An $800 loan can buy a clean water filter for an entire village of people. And they collectively can pay you back in a year or so. And they even pay, I think, a little bit of interest. So I like to throw a few hundred bucks a week to send to my Kiva account. And then there's always money coming back when I'm getting repaid. And I just keep pushing it back and it kind of creates a snowball. I really like the idea of the money getting paid back because it's like they're really something about that because then I can just keep redeploying it. Mm-hmm. So I think Kiva is a great organization and I tell people about that a lot. What is the biggest mistake you've made on a deal? Probably not doing enough due diligence, not getting a professional home inspection on the deal and then thus overlooking major foundation issues that cost us $20,000. Basically, taking the deal from being profitable to just barely breaking even. So not doing thorough due diligence, I'd say, would be the biggest mistake. Since you live in Colorado, your properties are in Tennessee, what safeguards have you put in place to prevent that from happening again? Well, we do a home inspection every time now. We have a contractor go out there, give us an estimate. We have a member from our team that we call the renovation manager, go meet the contractor. Then we get a professional home inspection and a termite inspection on every single deal. We also have photos and videos uploaded to Google Drive that we can check out. And that's about all the due diligence I need to be comfortable. So that's our current system now. What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? The best ever listeners can visit my website. It's myname.net, so brianelwood.net with two L's. They can also feel free to send me an email, brian at brianelwood.net. I love to hear any of their questions. Be happy to help them out if they feel like there's anything holding them back. Well, a couple major takeaways for me. One is your philosophy 
and that is be intentional about your day-to-day experience. And you certainly have lived that and are walking the walk because of how you've built your business. The other is how you are holding team members accountable because you have different type of lifestyle where you are working remotely. I love how you went through the majority of the people on your team and what they are being held accountable for. And then lastly, the best ever deal where you're buying on the fringes of areas that are gentrifying is the easiest money you can make, according to you. So thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciate you sharing your advice with the best ever listeners, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Joe. I enjoyed it. Are you ready to grow and protect your wealth in any market? Join Cashflow Tactics to learn the exact strategies real estate investors can use to maximize returns using whole life insurance as a new banking resource. Visit CashflowTactics.com. That's C-A-S-H-F-L-O-W-T-A-C-T-I-S.com.